Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Live in fragments no longer, only connect. These words are the epigraph of E.M. Forster's Howard's End, live in fragments, no longer, only connect. We are stopped for gas in Dell, North Dakota, just off of Big Sheep Road, off of I-15, Dell, population 36. A beautiful little girl is behind the counter with her impossibly young and extravagantly pierced and tattooed parents. She sees me seeing her, fixes me with a serious but unaffected gaze, and slowly tucks the strands of her long blonde hair behind her ears, revealing gaudy turquoise earrings. Did you just get your ears pierced? I asked. She nods, then swings her head ever so slightly back and forth to make sure the earrings sway. My mind goes everywhere, from how the cheap metal will infect her earlobes to what the chances are that as she grows, she will escape being objectified or worse for her beauty, to wondering if she could ever get out of Dell into a bigger life, or if I can even begin to know enough to want that for her. I resist the obvious commentary on her jewelry and her looks, and go for, you're very brave. She breaks into an exquisite smile. Now we are friends. As we drive away, I hope this child will remember and repeat the word brave as a prayer. I pray, may she be brave. Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, begins tonight. The shofar, the ram's horn, sounds as a symbol of community, a challenge to break out of our fearful isolation and harness the power of connection. It calls to us in our slumber, exhorting us to wake up. The words Rosh Hashanah, writes Rabbi Arthur Waskow, can be translated as beginning of transformation. Rabbi Mel Gottlieb writes, the prophets of many traditions teach about a world that will move one day to an era of reconciliation and harmony, beginning with the individual and spreading to all nations, including the natural world, suggesting that all creation is evolving toward the unitive state. Any sensitive person can appreciate the grandeur of this process. You cannot help being profoundly moved by the way every aspect of creation can work with all the rest in perfect harmony. 
this truth has far-reaching implications in our daily life. Every time we violate the unity of life by harming others or the earth, we work against evolution. Every time we forgive, alleviate distress, or do what benefits others, we contribute to evolution. We are told by the sages that when we even begin this process of reconciliation with ourselves and others, we are forgiven and transformed. Whatever one's faith, Rabbi Mel Gottlieb concludes, this scripture should not just remain on the written page. Rather, the person who practices its wonderful teachings will give inspiration to those seeking to turn judgment, anger, and grief into compassion, fear into courage, and selfishness into kindness to the benefit of all. Live in fragments no longer. Only connect. We are having the spark plugs replaced in Haley, Idaho. I asked the mechanic, a handsome German-American named Wolfgang, how he ended up in Sun Valley. Actually, we built our dream house 50 miles outside Missoula, Montana, where my wife's people are from, he says. 5,000 square feet on 15 acres, a pond with an island in it in the middle of nowhere. It's paradise. Two years ago, in the economy, you know, he looks away for a moment. I lost my shop. We put the house on the market, but no one wants our dream. I had to leave to find work. I came here, I feel relieved. I have work, I'm living in a little apartment. I don't mind working for someone else, but I don't have a new dream yet. And then, without ever mentioning it, he changes our oil for free. Connecting. Connecting is only eyes meeting or a question or something about how we lean in to another person or an animal or something that touches us and moves us. Connecting is only the willingness to be silent and still and open. One definition of spirituality is the art of making connections. Frederick and Marianne Broussat write, separateness is an illusion. That's what we learn from the spiritual practice of connections. Everything is interrelated in time and space and in our very being. Both religion and science reveal this truth. Hinduism's image of Indra's net, Unitarian Universalism's interdependent web, Buddhism's understanding of interbeing and the experience of mystics, the teachings of physics and ecology, even the internet. One thing always leads to another. Everything is related to everything else. The one is made up of the many. We practice connections by tracing the links connecting us with other beings. Any point is a good starting place. Watch for the moments when the separations disappear.
and add the Broussards. Don't be shy about naming mystical experiences when you experience them. Live in fragments no longer, only connect. On Sunday, August 12th, in a Milwaukee suburb, six Sikhs were shot to death in their house of worship, a hate crime, an act of terrorism. At a candlelight vigil in San Diego to honor the victims and to show solidarity with the Sikh community, Unitarian Universalist Julie Shabli was interviewed by the local news. Wearing a standing on the side of love t-shirt, she said, he didn't even see the people he was shooting. He just saw an object for his hatred and fear and anger. And I wanna say to the Sikh community that we see you we see who you are and we recognize you as our brothers and sisters and cousins. The art of making connections, the spiritual practice of making connections gives us the view, the largest vision of the myriad ways we are in reality permeable to one another and to the world. Rabbi Larry Kushner writes, the more we comprehend our mutual interdependence, the more we fathom the implications of our most trivial acts. We find ourselves within a luminous organism of sacred responsibility. When we dive deep into this understanding, we stop compartmentalizing our experiences and begin to see them as part of the whole. Frederick and Marianne Broussat write, the history of the world is plagued by dueling dualisms, mind versus body, humans versus nature, science versus religion. Think of the destruction that has been wrought by male versus female, that careless lie of that dichotomy when we know that gender expression is a beautiful continuum. Think of the destruction of imagining that whatever we might name is holy is only above and not also below and around and within us. To see in a holistic way, to cultivate a clear and spacious vision is a radical countercultural act. Live in fragments no longer only connect. Journalist Lee Newman suggests we ignore the memo that went out to the entire modern world. Imagine that while in the elevator or on the sidewalk or in the movie theater or in the chair in the waiting room of your dentist, instead of madly checking the messages on your smartphone or staring into space while dreaming of your future, future life in, say, Hawaii, you see the novel tucked under the arm of the stranger beside you and speak to her, something like, hey, I read that book about sharks, too. She looks at you for a minute, confused, wary. Finally, however, she surrenders to the atypical, slightly uncomfortable situation you have initiated and responds with her opinions on great whites and sushi. What results? A conversation about everything from deep sea pollution to Chinese politics. The two of you will probably never see each other again. There really is no rational need for this exchange, save for the fact 
that two people in close proximity can, if they're willing to take a risk on humanity, can share more than physical space. So I decided to give this a whirl before I preached it to you. Early Friday morning, I'm third in line at the Concord Bookshop, just behind an impossibly waspy woman who is so elderly she may just have come over on the Mayflower. And I say, what are you reading? In a Brahmin accent that should be bottled, she replies, oh, I'm reading everything. Right now, I'm ordering a book on my family history. Of course she is. <laughs> so just then, the gentleman behind the counter greets her by name and tells her he's researched the book she wants. Unfortunately, he tells her it's very expensive. She turns back to me. Well, what do you think? And before I can reply, she says, I think I want to do it. One of those women was my grandfather's mistress. <laughs> Beloved spiritual companions, the shofar sounds as a symbol of community, calling us to harness the power of connection. One thing always leads to another. Everything is related to everything else. The one is made up of the many. The spiritual practice of making connections invites us to the mystical moments when we become permeable to the world and the illusion of our separateness, the illusion disappears. May we answer this calling with our lives. Live in fragments no longer, only. <laughs>